0: Welcome to the Beth and Kelly Show, a weekly Facebook Live conversation between Beth Fortune and Kelly Klingen. that's me, and we've made it into a podcast. Beth Fortune currently serves as Education Director at Wintergrass, the National American String Teachers Association Board, and Chair of the National Council for Orchestral Education. I currently serve as Education Director at Jazz Ed, the Washington president at Jazz Education Network and jazz curriculum officer for Washington Music Educators Association. We have a platform and we really want to leverage it for positive change. Please hit us up. Let's have a conversation and uh, let's move our practice as music educators forward. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, Shana, I forgot to tell you to get a, a beverage of some type. I
1: have a Gatorade bottle filled with water. Yay! <laughs>
0: nice. You, <laughs> yes. Cheers to this Friday, April 2nd, the first Friday of April. Uh one, I cannot believe it's friggin' April. How is it April? What? Right. But also, thank God it's April. Because uh I don't think that this new plan Seattle schools is launching is sustainable past two months of time. I don't think so either. I don't uh, think it's sustainable for two days, but definitely not longer than two months. So I'm real glad it's April, you know? Yeah, we That's had
2: we had a team of folks that fought hard for us at the bargaining table. There is a tentative agreement that will be put on the voting slate for SEA members, um, probably within the next couple of days, mm-hmm. um, bargaining is just that—you're right. giving it's and a negotiation. It's negotiation. It isn't going with your team of teachers and making a demand. And um, you know, there's always give and take. Um, and yes, unions utilize strike as a way to. Move forward and um, improve and what have you. But bargaining always includes give and take. And there were some, it was a real roller coaster ride, this bargaining session. Um, there were moments when some really great ideas were on the table, a lot of work had been done to it, and it was shot down by our OSPI dude, um, whom I voted for. Unfortunately, I'm Mm kind of upset about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then, you know, the the need to pivot and come up with a different plan, just like that. And so hats off to that bargaining team, Mm -hmm. Um, but we're still like, I don't know. I mean, people are on very different ends of the spectrum on, you know, their readiness for this and their level of anxiety for this. Um, I'm on the higher anxiety end and the more skeptical end, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to be doing it. I've gotten both shots. So um, I'm going to be heading in there and doing it and serving kids and trying to trying to be a good teacher and also trying to be okay with not um, always being this stellar educator that I try to hold myself to that level, you know?
0: Yeah. And that's hard. It's super hard. And also, I'm so glad that this is all happening on a day that we scheduled to have Shana Ellis as a guest because Shana is currently in her third of five years to become a music teacher. And she's at Central Washington University. And Shana, I'm going to let you give a little bit more thorough introduction in a sec but the way that we know each other is that i was shayna's teacher in the seattle jazz ed girls ellington project for
1: two years yeah cool
0: and shayna is a fantastic alto saxophonist and um i'm super delighted she's gonna be a music teacher and um Shana has positioned herself to be quite a mover and shaker in the world of college music education and um Shana maybe you can tell us about you know some of like whatever tell us us I I actually
2: have a question oh go go Shana um because I know Kelly and I are kind of similar in this like story I personally knew the moment that I got to walk and I got to walk across a graduation stage, unlike seniors of last year and this uh, year, some some seniors this year, um, when I got to walk across my high school graduation stage, I knew exactly.
1: Oh, should we start from way back? There? You can
2: go where I, feel where like I Kelly yeah.
1: covered my introduction already.
2: No. Um, when, did, when did you decide you were going to become a music teacher?
1: I decided when college apps were due. (laughs) I had in my mind that I was never gonna pursue music after high school just because society's idea about it is that you'll be unsuccessful. So I just kind of believed that and I was like, I'm not doing it. Like I want a stable job. So um, I was really good at math in high school Mm -hmm. Um, and my math teacher really wanted me to be an engineer or something math related or even a math teacher Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like that sounds pretty cool like I'll like I guess I'll do that so um, the like later half of my junior year of high school I took um, an engineering class at my high school and it was the worst (laughs) 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 everyone else in my class like was really into it but I just like just sitting at the computer, like fiddling with like programs, just what's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time I was in jazz ed um, and I kind of realized how, how much you could do with music there. Cause yeah. my band program wasn't super competitive or anything. So going to jazz ed and seeing, like, all these kids from like Garfield and Roosevelt and Ballard they're like so stoked about jazz and Mm -hmm. or like super passionate about it and Mm -hmm. like I remember going to jazz ed when I was in like 10th grade to a jam session and I saw George Fulton like as a little seventh grader and he was like knew every standard and was just like shredding and I was like wow like this is possible like (laughs) I was like this is really cool um yeah. And just, I think that's like when college apps came, like mm-hmm. fall of my senior year, I was like, all right, I got to choose <laughs> uh, what I want to do because I don't really like engineering. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I, I really enjoyed my time at Chat and and um, I knew that I like teaching. So I was like, I'll, I'll go to Central do music That's awesome if I love it.
0: I didn't really yeah. know that yeah. I didn't I I didn't know that thank you yeah I wish
1: I didn't. wish I like believed in myself like like back in like seventh grade because like I would have like actually practiced and stuff because I I didn't have practice because I was like oh I'm not going to do this in the future anyways like it's just for fun it's just for fun yeah. well you know Kelly and I
2: taught at Washington Middle School. And um, of course, Kelly went to Roosevelt and I hang out a lot with the band director at Roosevelt. <laughs> and uh, so I'm, I'm highly familiar with the George Fulton type of kid um, yes. and George Fulton himself. Yes. Um, but Kelly and I know what you're talking about there. Like when you run into that kind of situation, For the first time, Mm -hmm. I had that experience when I um, had just accepted my position at Washington Middle School and was invited to the spring concert. And, um, you know, I had gone along in life thinking that middle school music was one thing. And I sat down in the gym that night and found out that it was entirely another thing. (laughs) (laughs) kelly knew it all along because she went there but um wow it was it was an awakening for me and it was a oh they play this game all right i can do this i can do this you know and uh there's some
0: stuff to unpack there because you know there are kids who are just naturally drawn to music and are what you could call like naturals, right? You right. know, they, the the instrument is like an extension of who they are. You know, these are like musical genius type Stevie Wonder folks who just yeah. like touch it and it's magic, you know? Right. Like there are those students, that's not really a teachable skill, but you can guide those students oh, in directions, no problem. Then there are kids who are just really stoked on music mm-hmm. or just really like do what they're supposed to do. And, you know, those kids are practicing even if they don't see it for those their future, those kids are, you know, usually in the top ensembles, they're probably going to private lessons because someone told them they were supposed to, mm-hmm. and they're practicing because they were told to. And so those kids, you know, are served and, move forward in their musicianship with relative ease. And then, but that's a really small both of those groups are small groups of kids. Right. Most of our kids are like music that sounds fun. And yeah. they do it because it's fun and don't see it as their future and that that's the that is the normal situation. And our job I think as music teachers is to spark to spark for our kids that music is fun and if you right. learn these things which i think the the list of these things is different than what we're teaching to kids most of the time oh, for sure. but if we can teach you know this the skills that if they decide when they're 50 that they really miss playing their clarinet yeah. like they still retain the knowledge to be able to pick up their clarinet and make music with themselves or with other people. That I think is our job to teach to that crew.
2: Right. You know, and and we made a a little mini list before the show started about different topics we wanted to talk about. And one of them definitely rang a bell with all of us. And I'm just going to like, let's open up this topic a little bit right now. And I'm going to open it up with this observation. Yes. The things that we teach those not super-served kids, right? The, the, the kids that aren't getting the private lessons, the kids that aren't highly individually motivated. The um, kids, kids are that are there that, just for the hang. Right, the kids that are there for the hang, that they're like, I like music. And like- they My friends up, are here. Right, my friends <laughs> are here. They come to our class to learn a skill. Why is it that the skills that are taught in a music major, if you decide to go to college and study music, why is it that the skills that are taught in an undergrad music major are ones that are if touched on, very barely touched on in a public school music education, Um, why? And so I'm asking why on the public school, you know, K-12. I don't
0: know any of that. Mm. I don't know any of that. Oh my God, I'm... (laughs) your question is so big that i it's breaking
2: it's breaking your brain i'm sorry my head is exploding
0: what i know is this last night my man friend and i went down a youtube opera rabbit hole and i was like wow i haven't listened to this stuff since i was in college but i wrote a paper on that i don't remember any of it and he was next to me having never studied music ever. He plays music 100% by ear. And he's on the couch like conducting and singing along and enjoying it. And I was like, wow, our experience of this music is very different and mine is the wrong one. Yep. And that is what I learned in college.
2: Yep. Okay. <laughs> Shayna, you're three years in. Tell us what it's
1: like. Uh, Yeah, the kind of thing, like, where do you Did you hear like the opera YouTube videos and kind of like, what were your thoughts?
0: My thought was I started college thinking that opera was really beautiful. And by the time I left college, any time I was asked about music theory or history or any of these or ear training, I would almost break out into emotional hives (laughs) and like, like there was trauma done to my, uh, my, uh, my love of music in the time when I think the opposite should have been happening. Right. And, uh, I don't know what's up with that I don't yeah. know why are okay. we you know, go ahead <laughs> I wonder
1: if it's because like we're graded on it something like we well, have to do. It, sure. it something that we like want to do also I wish we had like more options of what we want to study at least at my school they kind of give us everything all at once. And it's really overwhelming. They, they want us to be really well-rounded, which is good, but it's a lot. <laughs> um, so what is,
0: what does your course load look like and what would you change about it? You can go um, off,
1: <laughs> I, don't know. Okay. I I would make, well, we have a year long of music history, like okay. three quarters worth. And it's called Music History, it's the course title, but it's only on Western European music. Mm. That um, was the same for me. Same. Mm, but mine was two years. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and oh. um, we have two years of theory. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some of it in the second year theory is kind of irrelevant to what I'm pursuing. Mm. So I wish that we had less like core requirements and having, you know, just like less theory or like more condensed and same with music history. Only I think it should be like music history, like all around the world, not just Western Mm -hmm. European music. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like to, uh, to compensate for that, central just kind of like added a like world music course that's only one quarter so it's like Mm -hmm. how are we spending three quarters on just one tiny part of the world Mm -hmm. and we're doing like all around the world in just one quarter like that's i mean it's definitely
0: offensive (laughs) that is an offensive value statement yeah that not just central i mean every college is making yeah and if there are colleges that are doing something else, they're pretty quiet about it because they haven't heard about it. And that feels like a big deal. And uh, I think in most cases, what you're describing is common sort of adding on. And you know that's just an example of othering. Here's the thing that we value, it's right. the core. <laughs> and then you've got to take these other things and, uh, it's funny because music teachers hate when that's done to us, you know, there's, here's your core subjects. Yeah. not one of them. You're on the fringes and you're an elective, but that's what we're doing in our music schools is we're saying, you know, history, ear training mm-hmm. theory. That's,
2: those are the core subjects. And, and, the rest the, of- and those are steeped in Western art music, right? That's all like, it is. What if, what if. Shane, I want to know if it would make a difference to you. What if theory were steeped in different types of music? Like if you were spending more of your time theoretically analyzing jazz or other styles of music that, that you dig instead of like taking Bach chorales or Mozart uh, sonatas and what have you. Um, would that make a difference to you? Would would it make music theory apply more to other aspects of your life?
1: Yeah, I think that having maybe just one year of theory and having just like all the basics covered, and then maybe students can choose to do like a upper level theory that's either like more classical music theory or more like jazz theory or other, types of (laughs) things
2: and
0: other
1: types
0: (laughs) whatever it is. I don't even know because I wasn't taught it. And it's not right.
2: Like that's or even like you do one year of theory and you have these choices. Like you could take the jazz theory tack. You could take more Western art music theory or maybe you're interested in a composition year Mm -hmm. where you study Theory applied through composition, songwriting, this kind of thing, mm. where it's like applied, you know? That would be really neat. That
0: would be yeah. neat.
1: Another thing mm. I really want to happen is having like an improvisation and composition class be like part of the core. Because mm. yeah. students can leave Central without ever having to improvise. Yep. it's not required. I feel like all the classes that like all the music classes that aren't required at Central like are the ones that every educator needs to know. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. My friend was saying like every time I've I would have an uh if I got a nickel every time that someone told me to take uh like someone told me that you have to take this class it's awesome Gonna, mm-hmm. you have to take it um like he would have another year of tuition to take the classes
2: <laughs> kelly's yep. like oh my god yes
1: <laughs> yeah like uh, all the all the jazz classes all the like the arts entrepreneurship classes here are not required mm. and it's kind of and
2: that's up. like that i think is the same in k-12 public music education too yeah. Um, kids can be in even the elite jazz programs and not once um, improvise in any setting either Um, you can have a real kick butt jazz band and not be a member of a real kick butt jazz band and not be an improviser and not have the experience of learning how to improvise or, or muck around in learning how to do that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I, I know that jazz band curricula sometimes, like other ensemble curricula, morphs to getting ready for the next concert. So if you've got like a George Fulton in your band, you're gonna, you're gonna rely on those kind of kids to provide the solos because they're getting this extra training outside, um, getting help with a private teacher. And mm-hmm. so you're going to rely on those kind of kids to do some kick butt soloing because you're getting ready for the next event. And the rest of the kids sit back and don't get an opportunity.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then you start know, not wanting the opportunity. Start, right. Why and like, would I want to stand
0: up next to. This, like, right, and then professional musician who's 10. Right, and you then know? <laughs>
2: those, kids, those kids get all this reinforcement, and they're the ones that go and study music in college or choose to become music educators or whatever. And the cycle continues, and we don't cycle in anyone new, and we only cater to a certain type of person. And, um, same thing happens in orchestra. In orchestra, there's a tendency to, oh yeah, yeah, we like to do like fiddling stuff in the last 10 minutes of class. (laughs) You know, that's like how orchestra teachers begin to address styles other than classical orchestra. Mm -hmm.
1: (sighs) I think it like, if we had cha- if we were able to make some like small steps towards change in like call co- like call collegiate mm-hmm. programs like yeah. that's that's gonna like start it off because like right now colleges are sending out classically trained band directors only yeah. who don't know yep. anything about jazz mm-hmm. yep and then they're teaching kids the same way yep yep it's, it's like, interesting I
0: I had no I idea thought what about the- that, but I think you're right. I mean, if our, if the heads of all of the music schools in the U.S., the college, you know, conservatories, state schools, all of that, got together and united to change the curriculum in a really powerful way, and acknowledge that the curriculum we're teaching is centered in white supremacy, mm-hmm. um, and, and yeah, and it's not really serving the future of music education and made the choice to change what core classes are, you know, what the vision, what we want our future teachers or musicians to be leaving with. And they really changed that structure and they did it together. Right. You know, all at the same time, then you're right. We would have, it would happen faster because we would have, just a whole new crop of teachers ready to rip, you know?
2: <clears throat> I haven't really yeah. heard about that. And I think like, because colleges are gatekeeping organizations, mm. like every college has an application process, right? Um, <laughs> even like getting to study music ed is sometimes an application process. So yeah, sure. sometimes, A kid who might be like the most genius, um, I don't know, uh, structure breaker (laughs) in music ed, never gets the chance to study music ed um, like officially because there's a gatekeeping organization keeping them out because they may or may not have the Western art music knowledge and chops to get in um, and mm-hmm. through via the audition process or application process. And I'm thinking about like people we know, people like Ben Hunter. Yeah. At, like could like he could be the one of the, the if he were like an official public school music educator, mm-hmm. he could be breaking down barriers like he already is right like what if he was a public school like certified public school music educator and that kind of program was like not for him man he was like no (laughs) yeah some people
0: are really better at knowing what they can and cannot deal with i am not one of those people i tend to think that i can uh be stronger than situations i think
2: you know i think there's a tendency sometimes uh both of us sometimes will march into a situation um kind of bull in china shop ish yeah a little bit like not quite exactly knowing what we're getting into but finding ourselves in it Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and thrashing around until something happens
1: (laughs) i think that's a good thing though (laughs)
2: <laughs> thank you yeah. Yeah. there's a lot of broken uh, china on the floor uh, <laughs> oh man shana
0: something that probably the most traumatic college experience i had besides trying to learn the flute <laughs> that was bad to <laughs> me too that and i will just never forget how much that teacher hated teaching us Like he was so incensed that he would be asked to teach beginning flute to future teachers. Right. um, Because he was the flute professor, you know? Yeah. And we sucked, right? And he didn't want to teach that. And that, like, the idea that we would be teaching future flute players with that amount of instruction was really offensive to him and i suppose i can see that but i never thought of being a band director as being the teacher of future flute players i always thought i would be teaching kids that wanted to play flute and i think that's very different (laughs) right um anyway i will just never forget that dynamic and like Dude, I'm paying a lot of money to take this class, and I realize that it's not ideal. But um, I need to learn something here. Can you teach the class and stop complaining? That was that, yeah. but that was not nearly as traumatic, of having to take two years of piano skills. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Do you have to do that?
1: I had to do one year.
0: One year, yeah, because yeah. you already knew how to play piano and you tested out of a year or because they no. only require?
1: Yeah, only one year.
2: I only had, I think, a semester of it in college, but I also already knew how to play, but I didn't know any of the theory stuff mm-hmm. around it because I only knew how to play notes on a piano. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I didn't know how to build chords and what have you. And I never connected any of that from music theory. <laughs>
0: that's interesting. I play tr- the trombone. So I've never had to play an instrument with my fingers before. Memorizing any of the fingerings was really hard for me. Uh, but then to be like in this keyboard lab, you know, with the headphones on and right. just pra- it it was, all of the major scales and all of the minor scales, two octaves, two hands with the proper fingering. And then-
2: four um, part accompaniment, accompaniment or something. Yeah,
0: like. they'd like give you Mary had a little lamb and there'd be, you know- Mary. chords And then, yeah. And then having to like, come up with a little chord progression underneath. That part I wasn't the worst at. And then like the, the chord, it was like, I don't even remember what it was, but it was like, boop, beep, beep, boop, beep. And then inverted like the various, the fact that I spent two years of like crying and worked so, just so much stress around having to pass that class. And the fact that I have retained none of it, I think tells me that maybe it wasn't that important because I've never used it in my teaching career and why and so then that makes me question why are we doing that? I don't know. Is that valuable do every does every single music teacher in the country need to be able to play all of the major and minor scales in two octaves with the correct fingerings with two hands?
2: the piano maybe not necessarily i don't know i mean i can see if you're going to be a
0: choir teacher oh yeah yeah you know but i wouldn't have it be like a keyboard class i would have it be you know choral Mm warm-ups on the and then teach you how to do that on the piano it just was crazy to me
1: yeah we should like everything needs to be way more relevant i feel like like music education was, I feel like it's stuck in the 60s or something. Or the 1800s, really. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Because frankly, Shana, I, um, in addition to maybe piano skills, which I don't know, they've come in handy for me throughout my career. um, But I would have absolutely um, valued even more probably a chance to learn a strummed instrument like guitar, and a chance to learn drum set. Those three things to me seem like the triumvirate of music Mm -hmm. education. It's like, Mm -hmm. if only I could sit down at a drum set.
0: (laughs) You know, just do a couple of things. That would be so nice.
2: It would be so cool. (laughs) It would be so, do you have that?
1: No, we don't, but I I kind of make it happen. So yeah. Since I'm, like, the president of GEN, mm-hmm. um, every year we do these, like, rhythm section 101 clinics cool. that not a lot of people come to because yeah. we're all so busy that we don't have time to go to extra things. Right. But we make it happen. We, like, give students the opportunities to do it anyways. Um, um, but, yeah, we just, like, have an older student who's very proficient on, like, Jazz bass or drum set, and they'll just give a clinic to whoever wants to come.
2: Well, that's nice. And a
1: student teaches it. Yep. That is so killer. We that's a we have huge um, deal, shana Good for you. Yeah, it wasn't my idea. It was the presidents before me, but it's a really good idea. Was it Domi's idea? Was that what she? Yep, was it was Domi. Okay. Yep.
2: yep.
1: You know, Doma it should everything. be something
2: that like these these offerings that you do. It should be something that every student has to do that's a music major, every mm-hmm. one of them. Every one of them should at some point have to sign up for one of your clinics or more. That'd be cool. And it should uh, be part of you know, the graduation requirement. Like I had to go sit through 89 recitals or something like
1: this in order to graduate. Oh, yeah, same, <laughs> same. Uh, also, uh, Professor Bree has this like jazz pedagogy class, which I took last quarter and it was amazing. Like it covered like as much of jazz as he could in one quarter. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he gave us like a bunch of resources on how like about the rhythm section and just everything. And that was super helpful to me. And he also gives a jazz piano class Mm. um and a lot that's like everyone's favorite
0: class. that's the class I it's not really...
1: required <laughs> yeah
0: it's not required
1: like that's it, the part like, students that's wrong have to, yeah students have to like overload to take these like necessary classes like mm-hmm. it's crazy well you know um when i was an undergrad
2: um they had this it was called jazz theory class and it was open to like non-majors. And I signed, so I signed up for it and I had to like scrimp and save and like try to figure out how to fit it in because it wasn't part of my you know, course load that needed to be done. Um, But I was like, this is important to me and I wanna take it. But I just remember being there and like also kind of feeling shamed because I showed up with a violin And I wasn't like the rest of the folks with their saxophones or guitar or shiny metal things. (laughs) You know I mean? It's like, dude, I don't care. Grab your oboe and let's go to the jazz clinic. You know, grab your viola and let's go. Let's go. Um, I'm
0: having an idea and you ladies are either going to love it or you're going to tell me I'm a crazy person. I'm fine with both ideas. Um, what if the various gen collegiate pres- chat, like presidents and whoever their cabinets are or whatever got together and came up with a proposal for what And maybe it could be a collaboration like with other organizations, college wings, to come up with a proposal for what y'all think music teachers should actually be required to take in college and made it into some sort of petition situation that went out to all of the colleges that have music ed programs to say you're not giving us our money's worth. And we don't feel like when we go out into the workforce, we've learned the things that we need to. And we paid you a whole lot of money for it. And also, there are people who are not going into music teaching, because they know that what they're going to be forced to do, and they know it's wrong. What about this? I think that would be a maze balls and I think it would work.
1: Yeah. I I've been It'd trying be to get some steps towards that, like just at Central. Mm-hmm. Um and Professor Bruyer, like he's been trying to do this, like probably since he's been here. Yeah. Uh, and they wouldn't listen to him. They just assumed he wanted everyone to be like a jazzer. Mm-hmm. Um there's this like, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's like um, like a manifesto, manifesto for like progressive change in the undergraduate. It's like the 60 page like thing written by like just like music professors, like from around the country. One of them was from UW. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I can send so it I... to you guys if you're interested. Yes, please do. Yes, send it immediately see
2: this manifesto
0: i must see it
2: Um, (laughs) yeah but it would would, be cool
0: that conversation is happening at lots of colleges not just at central and i think it'd be a whole lot more powerful if it like if everyone banded together you know
1: yeah i didn't even think about that like a
0: girls jazz day kind of a Mm -hmm.
1: a symposium
0: symposium type
1: yeah i i would totally do that
0: it's in the atmosphere Mm-hmm. let's see what that's happens that's
1: a great idea yeah
0: well shana is our is making things happen at central will you talk to us about your upcoming next weekend right women in yeah. jazz event tell us about this
1: cool yeah we have <laughs> um a professional jazz musician on each instrument traditional jazz band instrument yeah so um there'll be it'll be it's all, all online. Um, they're, they're, each person's going to give a clinic, um, hold like a QA and a session, and mm-hmm. we're going to have a, a panel discussion at the end with all the clinicians. And it's totally free. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so is this the third annual? Yeah, it's yeah, technically the fourth year, but last year we had to cancel it okay was
0: i was the trombone person at the first annual which is how i know domi mm.
1: uh because what did domi. you think of that when you were doing it i
0: thought that it was really cool that a college was doing that i thought that i was very impressed with how many people were in the audience especially how many boys were in the audience because my experience at those things um like at jazz congress at um jazz at lincoln center anytime there was like anything about women in jazz basically all of the men stood up and exited stage left kind of (laughs) vibe and i was like it really was offensive to me um but i didn't get that vibe at the central thing and yeah and um it's in the
1: middle of ellensburg (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's hard to get people out here.
0: (laughs) And, um, it was fun. My mom came and we like stayed overnight in a hotel and we had a little outing and I really loved the, I made a lot of friends on that panel. Some folks that I still network with who I didn't know before. So that was really fun. I just never think it's a bad idea to have an event that highlights people whose voices aren't usually highlighted. So. Okay. Um, Because I really want to talk about student teaching. Yeah. Like, hardcore. Um, And I think Beth and I should maybe share what our approach to taking student teachers was, which we've talked about. We've actually had two former student teachers as guests on the show. So we've talked about our process a little bit but I'm curious to see Shana's reaction to the, if this style is something that you would like or not, or what? So Beth, you want to talk about how we do it? Yeah, I mean, you taught me how to, Beth taught me how to have a student teacher, really.
2: (laughs) Well, um, you know, and also, let's also point out that teachers go through ups and downs in their lives.
0: They're humans,
2: (laughs) even while they're teaching. And, you know, sometimes we even go through crises when we're teaching and, um, you know, shout out to the student teacher I had when I was going through a major crisis. Mm -hmm. And then also I ended up, um, taking, tagging her out (laughs) from her job at Ballard high school. And she moved to a different uh, high school in the area to teach orchestra we're both still teaching orchestra but um, student teaching um, at, as a teacher who is in charge of student teaching um, it presents some very cool opportunities for um, what we kind of Kelly and I um, became became very I think dependent upon the act of collaborating with each other Mm -hmm. and so the student teaching philosophy that we kind of continued having is was highly collaborative with our student teachers Um, and Mm -hmm. sitting down with student teachers not as like a sage who's gonna like empower you with all of our knowledge and like I am going to teach you to be the best orchestra teacher in the world. No, it's more like, let's bring you to the planning table and let's plan what we're gonna do next together. Mm -hmm. And you know, let's, another thing that Kelly and I love is like pulling out all the stops on crazy stunts and um, you know, things that don't seem probable um, and projects that are just like mind boggling. So, um, get a student teacher's help in doing that, get the student teachers, um, creativity going so that they can engineer aspects on their own, create things on their own, be in charge of things on their own. Mm Um, one time we had a, uh, uh star wars spectacular (laughs) star wars spectac spectac um beth i'm gonna
0: say this another way yeah uh i like and i know beth does too i like to see what will happen if i give some kids a task a musical task i just i i like it's a question mark i don't know if it's gonna work i don't know if it's gonna be cool it could be totally stupid i don't know i just i think it's a good idea try this and then i respond right Right? like i improvise when i teach so i don't really have an idea of what's going to happen i mean i think i know what'll happen but i don't really know because it's kids so you know i just sort of throw it out there into the atmosphere and then i respond to what comes back and that's how we learn it
2: or or you're like catching something from the atmosphere right so in this case it was our student teacher, Daniel Rossi, who was a guest a few months ago. Super awesome educator. But anyway, we're sitting there at lunch in Kelly's office and he's like, check out this video. And he gets on YouTube and he turns on the Bill Murray um, jazz lounge singer of Star Wars. Yes. Um, and Kelly and I just like latched on to that. <laughs> we laughed so hard. It was just so and funny. died. I mean, like
0: we died. We died. I also remember there was like that beauty pageant contestant with the trumpet who was like a whole step flat. Oh
2: yeah. Playing Star Wars. I mean, we had a whole series Wars. of videos, but the Star Wars one was like hilarious to us it wasn't we were laughing
0: at lunch and then we were like
2: dude should we do star wars and And so he was like like, maybe sure and so like we opened up you know the files of of music and there was that john williams score full orchestra like like the hard version like it was sitting in our in our files we had it let's pull it out how can we make it and he was like wait 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 really we were like sure why not like yes and and like all of a sudden rossi found himself along on a ride on kind of a a bandwagon that didn't quite have brakes that were working but it was rolling man and we (laughs) were going to be doing that and it's rolling and we were like here's the stick dude and um (laughs) he took the stick and we took him to like a big, huge orchestra competition. Yeah. And we knew we were going to break the adjudicators' brains. That was on purpose. On purpose. But we. And we, we both played, right? I played in the. I, right. Section we and you played, played. And we had, you know, a 60 person string orchestra with a 90 person concert, concert band. band. <laughs> we trundled them out on the stage at Western. <laughs> and you know we've got this lineup of adjudicators and we just played star wars played star wars and handed the stick to daniel and he took it and ran with it and we demonstrated in this moment of we don't care if we're not going to get the trophy this moment to us and for you daniel is way more important than a trophy to us plus it's hella fun to play star wars it was hella fun
0: (laughs) and also why would that explode any adjudicator's brain to have well 100 more
2: kids than you'd expect you can't bring a full concert band on a full orchestra song right (laughs) or you can't
0: play john williams that's not real classical music or right whatever
2: or you really shouldn't this is a competition, so you really shouldn't have your student teacher conduct.
0: <laughs> if that had been you, how what 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 like do you feel like that way of student teaching has value as opposed to like watch me teach this is how you do it and take notes?
1: Yeah, I'd I'd way prefer have it like having the teacher give me a lot more freedom to Mm -hmm. do whatever and then they can give me feedback like hey that was bad that was good Mm -hmm. that kind of thing
2: that didn't work let's talk about why (laughs) yeah Yeah. what I like to work on when um when I'm working with a student teacher is and when I'm working with students right is developing um kind of a conversational atmosphere Mm -hmm. so that if said student teacher is running a rehearsal from the podium, and I'm sitting in the back of the second violin section, and mm-hmm. um, he's not describing something clearly, I can just you know pipe up from the second violin section and be like, you know, Mr. Blankety Blank, um, also this and that and that, and just make it conversational where I'm giving feedback in a conversational. Mm-hmm. like lifetime way, as opposed to letting the student teacher teach, totally biff it. And then I need to talk to you after class to the student teacher, you know, like during during last period's orchestra class, you totally lost the thread on this and blah, blah, blah. No, <laughs> I, I kind of like more of a conversational way of giving feedback. <laughs> it's healthy.
0: I think I like that also because, you know, your students are learning about the teaching process also, yeah. and don't really even realize it, you know. Which right. Is cool. Exactly. I just, uh, I just think we don't give our future teachers enough time in front of kids. So I also like transition out of the classroom sometimes when I have Mm -hmm. a student teacher like, all right, the next three weeks it's you. I'm here for emergencies.
2: You know, I had a student teacher last year, um, just as hell was going down the river in a hand basket or whatever, you're all in that hand basket. Um, Mm -hmm. And I went on my very last time on on an airplane to the ASTA conference And we planned ahead with my student teacher, we planned ahead, dude, you're gonna teach all my classes for five days. And he worked on that plan for a really, really long time. And the moment came and he executed on it. And he luckily just before hell unleashed on us, um, luckily he had that experience of five days of a full teaching load with Mm -hmm. like, there was a sub, but that sub was like a retired PE guy or something, (laughs) Um, you know, um, Mm -hmm. but he was just like, he was directing the ship and he had to make all the decisions and change if he needed to and, you know, fix this or add this. And um, it ended up being so good for him and just like empowering, you know? And he was doing all of it, like all of my classes, not just that one class. That some teachers a lot to letting a student teacher conduct a few songs, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Yeah. Is it hard as a teacher to give your student teacher that freedom? Every once in a while,
2: it once is because you are worried about like these things that we we need to cycle worry about certain things out and but even as a teacher i sometimes worry like we're going to an adjudicated festival and what if the kids sound like they're not prepared and i sometimes like worry that i by giving up control i'm giving up how good my kids are going to sound at some adjudicated event Mm -hmm. and um you have to
0: remind yourself that is remind yourself
2: to stop worrying about it stop worrying about it and yeah, I would sometimes
0: worry about classroom management. Like, yeah. right. you got to make sure that the kids respect the student teacher. So before, before they're all alone, mm-hmm. um, so Absolutely. that classroom management isn't a huge disaster. However, right. I don't think you need. I don't think you should do it too much because I think that the experience of a class um, mutiny. Or, you know, the knowing being able to feel the kids starting to go rogue, that is a very valuable teacher skill. Absolutely. To be able to read the crowd and know when to abandon whatever your plan was and give a downbeat, just yeah. in like the name of safety and learning. I yeah. think that is a skill that you have to, you learn it by feel. There's no recipe so much.
2: But yeah, you definitely learn it by stepping in it a few times.
0: <laughs> it's way harder for the student teacher than it is for the grown-up. You know, like the grown-up, what do I mean? What am I trying to say? The established teacher? Right. That's what I'm looking for. Um, I don't know. student. But you know, what? you know what
2: I feel establishes credibility with a student teacher is if a teacher is in the classroom um, giving that student teacher the respect of another teacher, um, yeah. you know, like I'll be working with Mr. Blankety Blank for the next semester. Um, and he is- As much to- your teacher as I am. As much as, yeah, and he's he's going to be, um, he's going to be trying some new things with you. And, you know, just like modeling deep respect for that person. Mm. In front of the kids at all times. That's pretty critical. Yeah.
0: How are you feeling about student teaching, Shayna? Are you excited about it?
1: I'm excited. I hope I um, am with someone who I like really look up to as a teacher. Like I hope, hope I don't get someone that's gonna make me feel discouraged or anything.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. What I hope to have. I hope that for you also. Yeah. <laughs> I also just hope that we're really as educators thinking about how cool it is to have a student teacher. Like I love having a student teacher. And we can always
2: learn something from them. Yeah. I mean, there's so many cool things we can learn from them.
0: My teaching always gets better when I have a student teacher. Totally.
1: Mm. That's so interesting because I've heard some like there's some band directors that like hate having suit teachers
0: well i'm probably not they're friends they're with not those great.
1: teachers <laughs> they're the kind of band directors that like need to win every competition and, yep
2: because yeah. they don't want to relinquish power that is one of the if there was a pd to learn how to do that i think everyone should take it um, that is one of the hardest things as being a music teacher in a public school, like type of setting that is based in Western art music um, because everything is, you know, going to the next competition. And it's hard to relinquish power if the kids have to sound a certain way in order to get a trophy.
1: That's <sighs> heavy, man. <laughs> Another thing is like, I feel like schools will value the music program more like administration if your band is successful Mm. so like getting funding for your band I don't know maybe that's not the case but Mm. but, I think like they give like a bunch of funding to like successful like sports teams so I I don't
2: know I think the key in in that is making Mm -hmm. sure that you play a, a role in writing the definition of what is success Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and it doesn't have to be that we're winning trophies it doesn't have to be that we're going to thus and so competition and getting a high rating it could be um, I've built my program to be representative of our school population or I've um, I've changed the curriculum so that it's more inclusive of Other styles of music so that it um, teaches students more about other things like composition and improvisation, or, you know. um, And I think that you, as the teacher, play a major role in developing that definition and Mm -hmm. then shopping it around because you can sell that definition of success Mm -hmm. to administrators. You can sell it two funders and you can basically rewrite the definition of what is success Mm -hmm. and um kind of be like we're pivoting and we're doing something way cooler Mm -hmm. so we're going to be over here doing this with all of our funding Mm -hmm. and everyone else is over there like trying to get first
0: place trying to get
2: first place on,
0: jazz festival h
1: exactly (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. that's interesting shana i just looked at the clock what
2: a million thanks to our listeners followers and subscribers The support we receive monetarily and otherwise helps us to be able to spend time creating a quality product and it allows us to tap into partnerships and resources to which we wouldn't normally have access. We are stoked about the journey of learning we have ahead of us and we are delighted you've decided to join.